Hi, my name is Elena schulz and today we are celebrating World Refugee Day. Our podcast today looks at the situation of refugee teachers. There are thousands of qualified professionals who are jobless or working in a different sector after having had to flee their country. And we know that teacher shortage is a growing problem almost everywhere. Also, research shows that diversity in the teaching profession is very positive for the whole school community. We have talked to two colleagues who can tell us a bit more about this. Our first speaker is Bran Alzoabi, a refugee teacher in Germany who is organizing other refugee teachers in order to push for the recognition of their qualifications. As a second interviewee, we will have Alexander Ringholm from the University of Stockholm who will tell us a bit about what uh, the Swedish government is doing in terms of inclusion in the education system of teachers with foreign qualifications, particularly refugee teachers. Bran, welcome to Ed Voices. Can you tell us a bit about your arrival in Germany and how things went for you? As I came to Germany, and that was four years or a little bit more ago, I was lost. I had nobody to help me. I couldn't German. I couldn't anything. I could only English and Arabic. For me, was it uh, personally very, very uh, hard that I need the help of somebody. Uh, and I w didn't want that. I didn't want that somebody helps me. Because of that, I did my best. I worked very hard to learn German. That has its uh, consequences that I have forgotten my English uh, on, the, uh, on the one hand. Um, uh, many words uh, in my, uh, in my mother, uh, mother tongue in, uh, in Arabic. But th th that has helped me a lot to learn German and uh, professional to German. It is not the, uh, the street language, but it's the, the language of the educated, because I am an English, uh, English teacher. And those people who are so educated as to be teachers, uh, they must control the, the language, they must speak well, because it's not, uh, not simple. And so when we stand uh, in front of the people, in front of the children, in front of the students or the pupils, and we make mistakes, that would harden our, uh, our role, huh? So did you already have in mind to work as a teacher in Germany? What were the first steps that you took? On the 2nd of uh, December uh, 2014, was I in Germany and have registered myself in uh, the job center. And from the 23rd uh, January, I have begun to learn uh, German in a, in a school. Huh? That was very fast that I started to learn German. And that have paved the way to me. And that was worse, as I thought. The English, the, the English language is very simple compared to German. Okay, and did you find a job very soon? To be frank, uh, that was such like a dream to, to teach in Germany, to teach in, in, in Saxony. Uh, some people have uh, laughed at us. My wife uh, was also a teacher and we asked about this. Are we allowed to teach here in Germany? And they said, this is impossible. That time I had said to myself, no way, I will do that. I will learn German. I will be again a teacher. Okay, but what were the arguments? Why did people tell you to give up? Those people, they were German, and they knew the system. They knew the, the educational system here. 
And they knew that uh, for people like us, uh, our qualifications are not the same as it's here. That's why uh, they have said, no way. They have said to us, uh, you better search for another job. Uh, but yeah. for me, uh, that was not logic. And how did you get in touch with the union and start collaborating with them on these issues? After two years from this time, uh, I got to know the GAV, Zaxen. I knew the chef from this union, and I have told her my situation. I said to her that I am lost, I don't know what to do, uh, but she, she said to me, you can join us in our struggle against the system. This system um, must be better. And, and through this woman, through this union, I could find my way. And with this union, I have started my real camp, my real struggle. All right. So what did the union do to help you? They have said we have to present you for the people here, for the politicians, for the, for the educational system. And from here was my, my start with my struggle that those people have to know us, have to know who we are. Uh, we had a very bad picture in the eyes of the people because of the right media, extreme right media. We were, we were so portrayed as uh, terrorists, as uh, rapers, as uh, thieves. As... That was very hard. And I had to prove that that's not the case. I'd like to know, how did you manage to get together a group of people who supported you in your efforts? At the start, was uh, only I. Then, uh, then after I joined the union, uh, we were many people, as a three, four, five. Uh, day, uh, day for day, uh, we were many people. We were teachers who were also lost, and we wanted that uh, the, the educational system here, that the, uh, those people know us. That's why I started to make meetings with those responsible people in the educational system uh, on the one hand, on the other hand with the politicians uh, in many parties. Uh, for example, SPD, CDU, Linke, Grüne. So how did it go with the German system? Did your lobbying work have success? When we uh, want to talk uh, in mathematics, one and uh, plus one is two, we say, no, not yet. But uh, in these two other two years, we, we have succeeded that the people uh, accepted us uh, more than in the past. This is not, no, it's not only the politicians and uh, those people who are responsible for the educational system, but also the people uh, on the streets, the people in the schools, uh, the, the, uh, the parents of the children when they saw us and they knew that we are teachers and we want to teach in the schools. We are speaking about now the heart of darkness, Saxon, huh? Saxonia. Can you describe a little bit the group of refugee teachers that you're working with in the union? Till now, I have my network at least uh, 150 teachers, women and, ma uh, and men, from um, many different subjects and uh, from many different uh, ages. That was a, a good, uh, a good sample of people that those uh, responsible, that they knew that we are, we are different people, but what gathers us is that we are strangers, Auslander. The other uh, thing is that we couldn't join uh, the educational system, we couldn't work. And yeah, as I said, they knew that we want to work, but of course, uh, what stays as uh, an obstacle in front of us was the rules. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by rules? Till now, 
in, in theory, we are allowed to match our certificates to the uh, German certificate, and then we are allowed to, um, to apply for a job in the educational system. But that, uh, that was only theory. In practice, that was not the case. I mean, there are a very few people who succeeded in this through the last uh, 20 years. But what has helped me is that those other people who, who, who are here since 20 years or, or since 30 years uh, and they haven't succeeded, what helped me is that they don't have our case. I mean, we are, uh, we've led the war, we've led the terrorism, we have left uh, behind us everything, our money, our families, our houses, our, our everything. We have lost everything. That's why we hadn't anything else but to struggle, but to find a way. And that has succeeded in bringing us a few uh, jobs here in, in, in Saxon. Uh, now, from those 150 people, uh, at least what I have yet uh, now in my network, uh, we are seven people who succeeded to work as teachers or as teacher assistants. That is a big success, not to forget that we are, as I said, in the heart of darkness in Saxonia. Yes. Uh, now, through the Union and other cities in Germany, They've heard about us. They've heard that there are people who work hard to go in the educational system, and there are uh, also success points. Uh, why, do, why don't we do the same? I have also another network in Bremen and other cities. They want to do the same because uh, we have succeeded, uh, especially with this uh, problem, what the educational system now has. There are very few teachers not only in Saxony, but also in, 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 uh, in whole Germany. My, uh, my motto was, you need teachers, and we are teachers. You help us, we help you. We could find uh, people who accepted us and who wanted us, but the people who are responsible in the educational system, they haven't said yes yet. They accepted us partially. We are only two teachers. We were accepted in the educational system. I teach English now. You see this paradox? I teach English and my English is very bad. It, it has become very bad because of the long time that we had to come in the educational system. Uh, if we were able to go in the educational system without any uh, rest restrictions, without any uh, hindrances, uh, it wouldn't be the case now. Okay, so how did you manage to gather so many teachers to carry out this, uh, this struggle, this fight? And... What do they do in the meantime if, if they're not teaching? Maybe are some of them turning away from the dream of becoming teachers again? There are thousands, thousands of teachers uh, in all Germany and here in Saxony. There is a thousand teacher who were registered and the work agency, uh, they wanted to do some recognition for their certificates, not only in the work agency, but also in other organizations that uh, help with this, with this thing, with the recognition. Uh, but I know personally a lot of people who didn't uh, do this step to let their uh, certificates recognized. We are a lot more than thousand teacher in Saxonia. Hmm? From this number, we can say uh, I have found a little percent, uh, percentage of the people, not all, but how did I uh, gather those people? That was uh, funny uh, a little bit. Because of data protection, I 
gave the, uh, the organizations, I gave them my contact information so that they reach those information to the people they uh, come in contact with. And uh, that was not the only way, but uh, I had to go. Uh, I had to go to the Eisenbahnstraße, Eisenstraße Street. This is a very, very uh, risky street in Germany. Yes. <laughs> and um, uh, the, there, there are uh, a lot of shops. Oh, they sell halal meat. Uh, is it something like uh, attraction point for all people? who live in Germany and who live in Leipzig. Uh, I could uh, get to know uh, also the, the sellers, the salesmen there, and I gave them my contact information, and I told them about my idea that I want to gather people who are teachers, uh, who, who fled the war, and that we work together, that we uh, let the education system here do something for us. And how did people react when you contacted them? They liked the idea. Uh, I've got a lot of people who came through those uh, shops, those halal meat shops. <laughs> the people who had hope, they have joined me. The people who hadn't hope, and I, I give them the right not to give me, uh, not to have the hope because it's very hard. Uh, they haven't joined, uh, and uh, a lot of people have uh, chosen uh, another work, another field of job. Uh, also, in my network. Uh, as I said, seven people out uh, of 150, um, the people have lost the hope. After two years uh, from hard work, from presentations, from uh, acknowledgement, from getting to know others and speak about our problems, and at the end, till now, it's only seven people. Uh, I tell you frankly, there are a lot of people who who, who lost the hope. So in many countries, people in unions feel feel helpless in terms of providing support to refugee teachers. We've learned from from the project that we're carrying out with them. Could you share a little bit about your day to day experience with this issue? Through the regular meetings, uh, it's not only that we learn German; it's also that we learn the, the educational system. This is very uh, is something new for us. Uh, the, the educational system is very different from our educational system. Also, uh, I mean, uh, to uh, get uh, a contact with the union, that has helped us to know the educational system more. Okay, so what has been your action and strategy in terms of reaching out to the outside world? We don't have media. We don't have... Uh, also, to Sagan, uh, our media is... Uh, 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 short-handed, short-handed. We have our magazine here in the Union. Uh, we have Facebook. We have uh, such things, but uh, that that reaches needs, uh, needs uh, not for uh, for all people. Uh, our main aim wa uh, was that we present ourselves to the people. Look at us, hello, people of Germany, people of Saxonia. Look at us. We are teachers, and we want to work. Thank you, Bron. This was very helpful, very useful and very interesting. And we wish you very good luck with your struggle. Good luck also to all the teachers in Saxony who are fighting for the right to work. Now we turn to Sweden, where we're going to talk to Alexander Ringholm from the University of Stockholm. He works as an officer in charge of the admissions process, study planning and career guidance for the Labour Market Initiative, the fast track for recently arrived teachers and preschool teachers. Hi, Alexander. Thank you for joining us in this podcast. Can you maybe quickly introduce yourself and explain what are your responsibilities in the university 
as regards to refugee teachers and their career plans that you have for them? My name is Alexander Ringholm, and I actually work as an administrative officer in both of the supplementary pedagogical training programs. Uh, we have the Fast Track for recently immigrated teachers and preschool teachers, and we have the Bridging Program, which is sort of the second part uh, in the step towards teacher certification. Uh, so I work in both of these project with, projects with um, the assessment of foreign studies and credentials, and uh, what supplementary studies are necessary in order to obtain teacher certification. This this links very, very well with the first question I've got for you, Alexander. I wanted to ask you, can you tell me a little bit about how the Swedish education system has been impacted by the rise in arrivals from asylum seekers and refugees and uh, from, from the student side and, and from the teacher side as well? Well, since uh, 2007, we already offered the bridging program um, for teachers with foreign credentials. So it wasn't specifically targeted to refugees or recently arrived migrated teachers, but it was everyone who had a foreign teaching degree. Um, but with the rise of asylum seekers and migrated teachers with a teaching background, especially considering that Sweden has a shortage of uh, qualified teachers, the fast track was implemented as a way of targeting these people, this demographic specifically at an early stage and giving them fast information and requalification opportunities so that we can utilize their skills in the Swedish education system. So that's one way that the Swedish education system as a whole has been implemented. You were talking about the, the bridging program, the fast track initiative. Can you explain a little bit the difference between them and how this works actually? Mm -hmm. what, does the, what does the implementation of these programs look like in practice? So basically the fast track is targeted to um, refugees and migrants who have been in Sweden for quite a short period of time. It's the first two to three years since arriving in Sweden that you're part of uh, what the public employment service uh, calls an establishment period, uh, where you get sort of initial information on your way of working within your preferred field, uh, within the field that you are trained and qualified to work with in your uh, country of education. Um, so what happens is that the public employment service uh, identifies possible participants to a university course, which we provide at Stockholm University. And it's all—it's a national course, so it's also provided by five other universities in Sweden, uh, the same universities that later provide the bridging program later on in the process towards uh, qualification. The participants that are identified uh, should have an education where it is possible to, within a short period of time, i.e. without having to uh, complete another teacher training program, obtain your qualification. So the participants that are identified come to the university for a 26-week course. We provide training in pedagogy, in didactics, targeted towards whatever subjects and grades that you are eligible to teach already from your uh, country of education. There's also a school-based internship so that you get to see the Swedish educational system and information on uh, the Swedish uh, educational system and its history. There's social relations in the classroom and there's also grading that are included. 
And these portions are actually part of the regular teacher training program. It has the same content. So later on, if they want to supplement their studies and become qualified to teach in Sweden, they can use what they learned in the fast track to shorten that period of, of uh, supplementary study. You were talking about uh, assessing what these uh, teachers were bringing with them in terms of qualifications from previous studies abroad and previous experience. How do you actually assess how, how much they bring with them and, and how much it fits mm -hmm. the Swedish education system? Well, mainly one factor of success in assessing the foreign qualification is the cooperation that we have with the National Agency for Education, uh, which is the government agency tasked with issuing teacher certification. Um, so at an early stage, um, students can apply to have their foreign credentials assessed. Um, and if a teacher certification cannot be issued, uh, the agency will provide information on what is missing in order to have the uh, certification issued. Uh, it can be subject studies. Uh, for example, if, um, uh, if you're a teacher of history, you might need to study additional Swedish history or European history, depending on where your degree is from. And it can also be pedagogical or didactical aspects that you need to uh, supplement with. So we tailor our study plans individually to each student's needs. So not every student studies the same type of program, but we actually provide a variety of different program or courses through our departments at the university. So each student has their own individual study plan with what is necessary to obtain either a new Swedish teaching degree with which they can apply for their teaching certification or to obtain their certification directly through just additional courses and no additional Swedish teaching degree is necessary. How does this assessment work in practice? Do you have interviews, written tests? How does it work? Uh, right. Uh, we have uh, we have a couple of different levels. Um, if you've worked for a certain number of years or if you have a teaching degree, within the bridging program, we accept uh, two major types of applicants, I would say. Um, one, one is um, the group of students who have a teaching degree uh, that includes pedagogy, that includes didactical components, uh, school-based practice, practical components. Um, and uh, we see that if you have a teaching degree, Degree, um, at all, independent of, of um, how many courses you've taken in pedagogy or how long you've studied, um, you've obtained certain teaching skills, meaning that you don't have to take the full uh, breadth of courses in pedagogy and didactics. Um, so that's a first level assessment that we do. Do you have a teaching degree? The other group that we admit have general degrees, um, so they might be um, engineers, for example, or, or they might be biologists or, or mathematicians, um, but they have a school subject which is taught in Swedish schools. Um, but if they have uh, no pedagogical or didactical courses and they also have no work experience, they have to do the full breadth of, of um, pedagogical and didactical courses that are, no that are normally included in a Swedish teaching degree. Uh, because they have no teaching experience or teacher-related courses, but they have a school subject um, that they can teach, and they might have the subject studies complete already, so they only need the pedagogical and didactical courses. Um, so that's a first-level assessment that we do. Do you have a teaching degree or not? Um, and then we look at teaching experience, whether they have 
any teaching experience or whether they don't have teaching experience. Um, if you, for example, have a general degree in a school subject and you have teaching experience, then we can count certain courses um, towards your degree. Um, but then we also have the group that's taught for a long period of uh, for a long period of time. Um, we're looking over the number of years that we require currently, but previously it's been five years, and we're looking to shorten that. Um, but if you've taught for five years, we've um, uh, provided you an opportunity to go through a validation test, which consists of. Uh, interviews, a written component, uh, and also a workplace visit if you're currently employed as a teacher. From our colleagues in, in Germany who are working very much on, on this subject too, we heard that language was a significant barrier for the integration of, of foreign teachers in the German education system. Is it the same in Sweden? Well, yes, this is uh, this is part of the reason why the fast track was implemented, because the bridging program has as a prerequisite that you need the equivalent of a high school level of Swedish, meaning that students don't come to the bridging program until much later in their uh, in their process. So they get information about what steps they need to they need to take in order to obtain certification quite late. Um, and they might not be able to plan their lives accordingly, because we also provide individual study plan. So it's unclear until they actually apply and get their assessment precisely what courses they need and how long of a period of study they need. And that's one of the reasons that the fast track was implemented because the fast track doesn't have the same requirements in terms of uh, the level of Swedish that is necessary. We work a lot with translanguaging which is the strategic use of multiple languages. So we provide the education program in Arabic and in Swedish for our Arabic speakers. And uh, we also have a group that is from other countries which may not be Arabic speaking. And in that case, we have language mentors with the same native language as the participants that help them with the course material because we believe that the translanguaging aspect enriches and um, enhances the learning environment for speakers who have Swedish as a second language. So we're able to provide an in-depth content much, much earlier, even when they're still supplementing their Swedish studies so that they can get early information on the Swedish education system and what steps are necessary uh, to reach their qualification. Is there any monitoring mechanism for the program? Do you know how many students accomplish the training and if they find employment and especially what kind of employment they find? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm glad you asked uh, because we do we do have uh, some data on that, um, mainly in the form of alumni sur uh, surveys. Um, and we've seen, let me pull up the numbers here from the most recent one, but the numbers are rather high. Uh, this is for the bridging program after which they are um, – after which they obtain either a new Swedish teaching degree with which they can apply for teacher certification, or they've studied uh, a couple of courses that the National Agency for Education um, has uh, determined that they need in order to obtain their qualification. Uh, so after the studies, 84% of students have already received their teaching certification after a year, and 16% have applied and are awaiting the decision from the National Agency for Education. Um, so that's 100% right there, 84% uh, who have already received their certification and 16 who have applied and are awaiting the decision. Um, 
and none who have been who have had their applications rejected. Uh, 95% are employed in Swedish schools or preschools, depending on uh, whether they have a preschool teaching uh, degree or a teaching degree. And this is one year after the studies. From what you're saying, we get the impression, I think, that the Swedish system is very well structured. Do you share this point of view? Do refugee teachers who come to Sweden have an opportunity, realistically? Do these plans work when it comes to integrating colleagues into the system? I am of the opinion that it works rather well. And one key factor is that the directive to provide these programs comes directly from the Department of Education, from the Swedish government. So they have given us um, the means, the resources and the task to provide this educational program. And that's also why we have such a broad national cooperation in ensuring that we provide the same kind of assessment, that we recognize one another's assessments and guaranteeing that we have a certain quality and a certain content that we teach. Um, also our close cooperation with the National Agency for Education is a success, success factor. Of course, there are uh, margins of improvement in the process. Um, and one such thing could be the recognition and assessment of teaching experience. We have the means for a, what we call a blanket recognition at this point where we're able to count the experience of our students towards certain didactic and pedagogical courses within the bridging program. The courses that constitute knowledge that we determine that all teachers who have taught for X numbers of years should have obtained. But we'd like to have the resources and the ability to provide additional individual assessment as well uh, to see if there are further courses that can be validated from previous work experience on an individual level. Uh, but all in all, uh, I'm also of the opinion that it works rather well, the whole process. I think that uh, is a very hopeful prognosis for many people who are coming to Sweden and probably a very good example for other education systems that want to implement a way to include people with qualifications without uh, excluding uh, talent and experience. So based on your experience of running these programs over the years, is there any challenge that, according to you, would need further attention for future cohorts of refugee teachers? Well, one strong point, um, as I have as I mentioned, is and and I would say, if you have to identify one key factor, um, it's the fact that the Swedish government has mandated these programs. So um, we we are given the same sort of resources and the content that we are supposed to provide. Uh, it comes from the government level. So um, it's it's a directive that we are uh, obligated to fulfill as well. Uh, and that means that it's much easier to find a cooperating cooperating partners in other agencies because we are all tasked from the government, the National Agency for Education, uh, are tasked with uh, recognizing foreign qualifications as well as we are. So we have to cooperate in order to fulfill that target. Um, so that is one huge factor in, in our success. Um, and I would say um, limitations or, or things that can be improved additionally, now that we've provided the fast track uh, from spring 2016 and onwards, um, 
I would say that one question that has arisen is when different activities should be offered. Um, the fast track is offered quite early, uh, early on in the uh, integration process, um, which is uh, positive in a number of ways. It gives participants early information on the necessary steps to obtain qualification, uh, and they can plan their future studies and what they want a bit easier because they also get accurate information about the Swedish educational program and the possibilities to operate within it. Um, but also, if they're giving the if they're given the content of the fast track at a two at an early stage. Um, that also mean that means that they might have quite a way to go since they first need to obtain um, the high school level of Swedish that's necessary for the bridging program and for um, the, the teaching qualification to be issued. Um, so it might be hard to keep up the motivation through such a long uh, period of study. But, but a high right. number say that they aim to apply for the bridging program after completing their Swedish studies. Okay, and in terms of dropouts, do you know if some leave the plan after the fast track program? Maybe some don't have the motivation to continue with it. Do you have any figures for us to share? Mm -hmm. Well, um, we we have we have a high number of former fast track participants who um, who say in their survey that they will go on to apply for uh, the bridging program at a later stage, uh, but it's um, it's a little early um, to provide data on the percentage that do because after the fast track they need supplementary studies in Swedish in order to be eligible for the bridging program. Uh, so the majority of participants are still studying their Swedish at this stage because the fast track has only been in operation since spring 2016. Um, so um, uh, a number of the participants have not yet applied. Uh, we do have some who have applied for the bridging program, but those are mainly from the earlier groups, so spring 16, fall 16. And in terms of employment, you said that 95% are in employment after a year. So are they employed as regular teachers? or Because we know that in some countries, teachers with a minority background sometimes face discriminatory practices uh, when it comes to recruiting. So do you have any further information on this? Mm, that's also something we've looked at at the data uh, or in the data. And um, when it comes to what type of contracts they have, in order to gain a permanent employment as a teacher and also be able to individually grade students, uh, a teaching certification is required. And the certification looks the same, um, whether you have a foreign teaching degree uh, or a Swedish teaching degree. Um, so to a recruiter or the principal, uh, basically the certification only outlines which subjects and which grades the teacher is eligible to teach. Um, so uh, it's it's uh, it's um, it's quite easy to make a comparison between different applicants. Um, so you don't have to look at the foreign teaching degree because it's already been assessed and quality controlled by the National Agency for Education. So all you need to do is to see. Um, is this teacher eligible to teach where I want them to? Um, so um, 
what we've seen in the data is that our teachers are working in the same capacity and under the same uh, conditions as those who have a Swedish teaching degree. Uh, we've also looked at the areas uh, geographically that they are employed um, and whether they're employed in uh, in the city or in the suburbs or in uh, only certain geographical areas that may have a higher percentage of immigrants. Uh, and we haven't found uh, any evidence that it is so in the data, but they, they work all over uh, geographically. Thank you very much, Alexander, for your time and for sharing these insightful informations for us. I think they're going to be really, really important for the development of uh, similar policies in, in other places for the advocacy of our members who are trying to integrate uh, teachers from everywhere in the world into education systems that are new to them in order to achieve justice for everybody and fair treatment for every teacher. So thank you very much. To get the latest global education news and advocacy, subscribe to Ed Voices on your favorite podcast app or anytime on SoundCloud. And as always, tell a friend, spread the word, and please give us a review on iTunes.